What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Hunter Hole Podcast. It's Willie Paul. I'm sitting down with Pastor Brandon. How's it? How's it? Uh, Pastor Brandon, what is one cool thing that you did this past week? Uh, ah, I took my kids to go hang out with one of my friends that I've known since middle school. So, which means I've known him for almost 30 years. And we have kids the same age. And our kids played together and it was pretty cool. So that's a really cool cool thing. Yeah. So they have a little power wheels Jeep and his son is Alana's age. So they got in the Jeep and he was driving her around and thinking, don't be riding in cars (laughs) with boys, Alana. But she had a blast. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it was really fun. How about you? Uh, One cool thing that I did, I went on a hike today, Hmm. uh, which was very fun. With, ah, take uh, a hike. Yeah, my friend Justin. Uh, it was nice. a lot longer and a lot harder than I thought it was going to be. And so my feet are all blistered, but glad I did it. Yeah, it's cool. Anyway, uh, now that the ice has been broken, let's dig into this weekend message. Uh, yeah, we're not here to talk about hikes. We're not here to talk about hikes. We're not here to talk about power steering power jeeps. Wheels. Power wheels. Come power on, steering. Get with the program. Um, <laughs> we wrapped up the series on the Beatitude. Yeah, uh, wrapping up the series with the final one, which is uh, "Blessed are you who are persecuted because of righteousness." Pastor Brandon, mm-hmm. yep. you have the floor. Do you want to like go? Because every time that I've talked to you or Pastor Owen, you guys are like really stoked on this. Uh, staircase idea of the beatitudes uh and the beatitudes opens with blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven and then it closes with for theirs is the kingdom of heaven yeah do you have anything that you wanted to like add in there that you couldn't get to in the message um you know that idea the staircase uh the reason why we're so hyped on that i think well at least for me is because i didn't know that as far mm. as the idea that they build on one another. I think sometimes um, I'm guilty of this. Maybe if you're a listener, you've heard pastors preach on one of the Beatitudes as like just a standalone and it's well and good, but to know that everything culminates with um, blessed are the peacemakers and then blessed are those who are persecuted almost makes it seem it's a progression. And I think progressive things as far as building on one another um, are really interesting to consider that all of these things about being a peacemaker, being merciful, um, having a pure heart, it really starts uh, just by being poor in spirit. So I think that's why for my dad and I, this idea of um, the the nature of the Beatitudes building as a staircase on another is pretty huge. And then it just bookends perfectly with, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So Mm. when you are poor in spirit and when you're going through persecution because of righteousness sake, um, the end reward, if you will, is the kingdom of heaven is yours. You, you are a live, active citizen in what God's kingdom looks like. So, you know, another thing that really kind of caught me, Willie, with um, ending this series is that the end result, if you will, of being poor in spirit, you know, of, of uh, mourning over your sin, of hungering and thirsting for righteousness, of being meek, all the, the end result is persecution. I thought, Man, that's that's pretty tough, you know. Mm. 
you would expect the end result of being humble, being lowly, being merciful to be like, and God will reward you with great things. And it's, it's true later, but it's almost like the end result of being like Jesus is being treated like Jesus. And that's this idea of persecution. Um, side note real quick, as far as the series is concerned, I've really enjoyed this series. Just uh, teaching through it, studying through it, preaching through it. Just about um, what does a blessed life look like? What do you think, Lily? Like, how did you enjoy the series? Uh, I really liked it. You know, I I uh, really liked the Beatitudes and just like the template that they set out for. Um, a lot of times, it's like, okay, I've accepted Jesus, or I started coming to church, and then what's the next step? And it's like, well read the Beatitudes and like start to live like that. If that's what Jesus calls a blessed life, then like that's a template started trying to be poor in spirit, which is uh, as Pastor Owen was talking about, mourning your own sin, realizing that like no amount of podcasts, which I recognize the irony, uh, no amount of like self-help books or conferences or seminars are going to like work you out of the spiritual hole that you're in. Uh, and it is, only through jesus and the holy spirit filling you that like you'll get there and then from there uh work on you know being meek being a peacemaker and uh yeah it's it's just crazy because uh the kingdom of god as it's called in matthew the kingdom of heaven uh is often referred to as like the upside down kingdom where things don't make sense where jesus says the last shall be first first shall be last and so it's like the greatest highest thing that you can achieve is going to get you persecuted. So it's always difficult because it's like, it is, it is so difficult to focus on the future and like almost this delayed gratification aspect of the Beatitudes where it's your reward is great in heaven yeah while here it's like well this is not fun you know yeah yeah i think that aspect of um you know this is not fun is just a part of following christ Mm -hmm. so later when he talks about counting the costs and he talks about you know what it's going to take to really be a follower um it just lumps in with everything that we've heard as far as scripture is concerned about persecution it's not a comfortable topic Nobody likes to say, well, I'm excited to be persecuted today, right? Um, I think rather the challenge of, you know, being a peacemaker or being merciful or things like that um, seem more right in front of us. But when things aren't going our way, when people are looking down on us because of what we believe, I think that's when persecution becomes real. And um, we find ourselves uh, face to face with, okay, so what am I going to do about this? Like, who am I going to follow? So. Yeah, it's all, I often, especially in like the the current American church, um, there is a lot of like kind of passive cultural Christianity where you go to church on Sunday and it doesn't really change the way that you live. And like through reading Jesus's life and teaching isn't everything. It's like, no, the whole point is that this is everything about how you live. Um, yeah like it is not just you say a prayer once and you're good it's that prayer initiates you in to doing the work of living like jesus living as the beatitudes um which is ultimately probably gonna 
end with some sort of persecution uh, for righteousness. Yep, yep. And I think that's where we, we find ourselves as followers of Jesus is, you know, if you're going to follow Jesus, then you might often be treated like Jesus mm-hmm. if you're really trying to follow him. Um, what's tough about that is that I think all of us, myself included, uh, almost care too much at times about what people think. There's times when I don't, and there's times when I do. And when people are coming against me for something that I deeply believe, I can choose to care more about what they think, or I can choose to care about what God is saying about me. And doing so with gentleness and respect, I think is a key area for Mm. when people are speaking against us or treating us differently or because naturally in my flesh, like I want to just like be mean back to people who are being mean to me or, Mm. you know, treat them more with disdain as they treat me with such. And, but I think first Peter three really reminds me, no, if you're going to be somebody who uh, represents Christ then you got to treat people who come against you just like how Jesus pe- treated people who came against him. So that's something that we need so to think about. Start flipping tables, get the whip out. <laughs> Thought about it, but uh, you know, tables are kind of heavy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, that's, I actually really appreciated that you brought that up because one of the like difficulties that I have, especially specifically with this ending, the attitude of persecutor for righteousness is uh people using this first as justification for all sorts of like, as you said, you're not being persecuted for being Christian. You're, you're being persecuted for just being a jerk. <laughs> and so there's this Sorry. like, there's a little forward, but sometimes it needs to be said. Yeah. A hundred percent. And so like, there's that idea of like, if you take this as the sound bite, if you take this as the, one verse out of context, you don't read anything else and you can absolutely use it for something like that. But it's, it is the, it is not supposed to be the standalone. It's supposed to be the end result of the staircase or the building upon each other of how one conducts themselves in the kingdom of God. Yeah. Because oftentimes if we are on that end of being uh, more like a jerk and being, you know, overly forward or too boisterous or, or, incredibly opinionated to the point where it doesn't matter what you think it matters that I'm saying to you, right. They were definitely not being meek, right. We're definitely not mm-hmm. uh, being a peacemaker. We're definitely not being merciful. Uh, we're just trying to make sure that what we're saying is being heard, you know? Yeah. So how do you balance that gentleness and respect uh, while also not being Ned Flanders, you know? Like having your own personality, making like jokes and like being able to, you know, have healthy back and forth and like jokes about each other uh, without being. Yeah. Well, first of all, shave the mustache and stop saying hi diddly do. But (laughs) I think the idea of not being um, like that Simpsons character, Ned Flanders, who's the the, uh, mockery of being a Christian, being overly nice, taken advantage of, stepped on is a good concept of boundaries. I think boundaries mm-hmm. help us to realize, hey, this is uh, my area. This is your area, my life, your life. And I'm not looking to judge or put down or anything like that, but I'm going to give the reason for the hope that I have and do so with respect. So uh, what's funny is, um, not funny, but what's interesting is I recently uh, was able to be a part of uh, multiple funerals in the span of two days. Mm-hmm. And so people that we knew at the church, family, friends, things like that. And it was just so, um, such a tight uh window of time to do something so heavy as far as the passing of people and grieving with loved ones and talking about eternity. 
And at one of the funerals, um, they asked me to do a very clear salvation message. So, okay. Now, at most funerals, I don't because I don't want to press it too hard. Mm-hmm. Um, but at this one, um, I do want to talk about Jesus at funerals. I do want to talk about eternity. Um, unashamed, unapologetic about that. But I don't want to be like, hey, if anybody wants to receive Jesus at this funeral, raise your hand. Because I feel like unless it's asked for, it might be out of place. Now, that's my personal conviction. But at this one, they wanted me to. said, okay, so I will. And talking about it, I, I wanted to acknowledge that there are some people who are listening that may feel like I'm just trying to used car salesman than my religion. And I wanted to um, acknowledge it and say, hey, I know that you might not believe this and that's okay. I respect what you believe, but you gotta know that for us, it's more than belief. It's this idea that there's a loving God and he has an eternity for us and wants us to enter into that and send his son Jesus for that. And I think there's a gentleness and a respect for people's position um, and what they think, where they, what, how they feel, but still knowing what I believe and being mm. able to say that. So. I think the way to not just be a doormat or just get walked over is to, first of all, know what you believe. So as first Peter three says, you know, have a reason for the hope that you have. And the second thing is, is build the more rapport you can build, because maybe it's not in a setting where you're, you're talking to many, but rather one-on-one with a friend, the more relationship you have, the more respect should already be there. So Mm -hmm. as questions, you know, uh, are asked back and forth and there's reasons that are given, um, even if no minds are changed, uh, with information that's exchanged, I think uh, people can see that there is a heart for someone and a respect for what they believe. Even if it's something that's way contrary to what scripture teaches, we can still respect what people's um, um, ideas are right now at this moment. And it gives you a starting point also to see where people really are when it comes to spirituality, religion, and Christ. Mm. Uh, do you have any like advice, resources, places that people can go if they maybe don't have like a solid reason for the hope like beyond personal experience uh yeah something like that so um some of the easy questions and i say easy because maybe common is a better word but some of the common questions about faith that people have asked me is like how can you believe the bible like isn't it written by people by man right Mm -hmm. Um, how do you know god exists who made god and all of these questions have answers to them they're not like um, stump questions where you're done as soon as someone says that, right? Because people have asked these questions for thousands of years. Mm-hmm. And as Christians, we have a reason for these kind of hopes. So the entire study of apologetics or defending one's faith is something that's available um, as we look for answers to some of these questions. You know, at Metro, we have right now media. It's the Netflix of Christian Bible study. And there's an entire section called Um, apologetics, where you can look for some of these kind of questions there. Honestly, as a pastor, uh, Google is a great resource, although we have to watch which websites I'm going to, because your website determines what angle people take on this topic. Mm -hmm. But I found some really good websites that help um, to ask questions, right? One is like gotquestions.org. I think that one's kind of cool. Pretty easy, common questions people have about faith, and it's a good biblical answer. Uh, Things like that. When in doubt, ask your connect group leader because they mm. should have some things that they've been through. And I think in connect groups is a good place to kick the can around, if you will. Talk about some of the tough ones and still have people that you're discussing this with. I think the worst thing you could do is keep one of these issues to yourself, questions like, so why is this? And if it affects the way that your faith is or isn't. Mm. So I think that's some place to start. Yeah. Um, apologetics, not the art of 
saying sorry, but uh, a reason for defending the faith, uh, all of that. Uh, really, really crazy stuff, actually. Um, and I do think, I think that those kind of questions, like even if you have them, are like very helpful to ask because I just finished reading this book about like deconstruction and like people breaking down their faith and like how to do that poorly and well, you know, and the author makes the point of like, you can't grow past a certain level in your faith until you start asking the hard questions. Totally. Yeah. Absolutely. He was talking about um, like these, having these hard questions and these hard discussions in, in connect groups with uh, finding resources, books, websites, um, after, you know, checking to make sure that the source is accurate and it's not just anything that anyone wants to put online um, really takes us to a next level in our faith. So apologetics, it's not the art to say, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, thanks for, thanks for, we'll see you next week. (laughs) Oh, Um, pastor Brandon. Yeah. (laughs) Excuse me. Bless you, my son. Uh, you ended with talking about, uh, there were four things to encourage us to stand strong in what we believe, uh, fighting approval addiction, being unashamed to proclaim his name, pursue purity and faithfulness instead of pleasure and comfort and being heaven minded. Of those four, which do you have like the hardest time with? What are you working on right now? I think the um, approval part is pretty tough. I think uh, caring about what people think. I think uh, mm. all of them, if I you know if I think so, is actually are pretty difficult. Um, it's really easy to get caught up in this world, this life, these things. When uh, Jesus talks about the four types of soil, the one that always makes me think is the. Uh, the soil that things spring up, but then the thorns come around it and the worries of this life and the riches of this world and things going on, choke it up, make it unfruitful. And that can happen to all of us, myself included. Mm. So when, think about, um, you know, just being caught up in uh, pursuing uh, purity and faithfulness instead of just pursuing uh, pleasures and, and things of this world. Um, that's tough. You know, Second Corinthians 4, and Willie, you and I were talking about this verse about how our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory in Christ Jesus. And a lot of times they don't feel like light troubles, neither mm-hmm. do they feel momentary. They feel terminal. They feel for the rest of my life. They feel um, this is always going to be this way. And it doesn't feel like it's a small deal. It's a big deal. Mm-hmm. But in the scope of eternity, it's not as big as we think it is now. And I think um, to juxtapose the idea of light and momentary troubles achieving for us eternal glory versus light and momentary pleasures that lead to temporary happiness. And many times we choose that side, uh, Mm. the light momentary pleasures, and we are happy for a little bit and then we're not. Whereas if we recognize the issues that we're dealing with now are really light and momentary troubles and we fix our eyes on heaven. So I think all four of those are things that I deal with at different points in my life, in my walk with Christ. And I'm sure many of the people watching and listening um, deal with them too in different ways. So, you know, if you're someone who's um, looking at your life going, so how do I keep my eyes fixed on Jesus? 
I, I really think Hebrews 12 um, lays out this idea. And we finish up the, the message with um, Hebrews 12 of how we fix our eyes on Christ, right? the author and finisher, pioneer, perfecter of our faith, mm. right? Who for the joy set before him, he went through the tough stuff. He endured the cross and he scorned the shame. He sat down at the right hand of the father and says, consider him who endured such, such hardship, right? So that you don't give up. So I think it's remembering what Jesus did and trying to follow him. That's why this whole thing, this, uh, this more than happy, this blessed series has been about, okay, so how do I live more like Jesus did? Mm. Yeah. Um, man, have you read the story of uh, that weightlifter from the Philippines? No. All right. So Olympics going on right now. Yeah. Uh, and this, I'm completely blanking on her name. Uh, but she won the gold medal, which is like the first first gold medal that the Philippines have won in like a hundred years or something. What? And it's the the story is so crazy. So she went to compete at like a just a small event in I think Malaysia, and then COVID shut everything down. She was stuck there for a year. Had to go get like water jugs and like tape them together to train. And then now is at the Olympics, won the gold medal, like just a crazy, crazy story. Yeah, that's awesome. And I think of stuff like that a lot of times when uh, I'm going through things where it's like, okay, this is obviously not good. This is like very, very, if I could choose to not be in this situation, I wouldn't be. Um, but maybe this is part of the story that looking back is going to be like, wow, I looking back, I wouldn't have traded that, you know? And so I think that having that perspective really helps me of like, when I look back, I want to be proud of how I spent this time, how I like used these circumstances that I'm in, whether it's good or bad. Like I want to at, you know, in 13 years when I'm 40, uh, (laughs) look back and, uh, be proud of like all the time that I've spent. Um, (laughs) You just know weird when you were 13 years old, I was born. That's not that weird. That's not that weird. Yeah. Well, I I like your story about the Filipino, uh, weightlifter. That's cool. You know, the perseverance. Yeah. Um, do you hear about the Chinese weightlifter? He lifted one ton. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh my gosh, dude. <laughs> dude, I thought it was gonna be a real story. <laughs> Got him. I was like, wow, no, I haven't. Tell me about it. <laughs> oh, how do we go back yeah. from that? Well, just know that to make the Chinese weightlifting team, there was a minimum threshold. There's a one-ton min. <laughs> oh, dude. Oh, dude. <laughs> That's all the time we have, folks. I think we have to call it there. <laughs> it's been swole. Uh, well, hey, if you're going through something... Uh, we don't want to make light of it. Like, uh, 
being persecuted, being in, in situations where you're ostracized or looked down upon because of you living or standing for what you believe in is rough. And we want to be here to support you. And um, we want people around you to support you. And so as Pastor Brandon said, connect groups are a great place to ask these questions, to work through the tough times together with people who have your back. Um, so on our website, we have a connect group finder. You can go there and uh, sign up for a connect group that works for you. Uh, and you can have those people, those built-in people that are going to be there for you through tough times, through persecution, through tough questions. Uh, we also have the connect group, connect course coming up. Uh, where we're going to be walking through the spiritual growth chart and uh, learning to connect to God, connect to, to other people and connect other people to God. Uh, so it's going to be really cool coming up real soon in August. So head over to our website and last head over to our website for the Ohana Beach Day this Saturday. <laughs> we'll do a weightlifting competition with all the elementary schoolers. <laughs> We're not going to do that. <laughs> Whoever can lift these jugs of water wins the gold. Uh, it's going to be super fun. Uh, all Moana, 10 to 2. Uh, we're going to have some games, and you can register for a bento. Yeah. All right. That was awesome. That was a really good one. Yeah. We really enjoyed this series, guys. We're looking forward to our next one. And... We just want to keep encouraging you to uh, be changed by Jesus so you can live like Jesus. We got a little bit of time left. Can you give us a sneak peek of the upcoming series? Ah, no, nah, man. We're going to wait for the good stuff. All right. All right. Yeah. Sounds good. All right, everybody. We'll, uh, we'll see, you, see you in the Connect course. We'll see you on Saturday. We'll see you uh, online for services uh, or in person for any of our services. Shoots, everybody. Jeez.